amazing to see you all. Um, for those of you who do not know me yet, we have a few new faces. Um, I am Gwen Wilcox. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Armstrong Wolf, and I am also the um, Women in the Sierra Community uh, Lead, um, Global Lead. So what we do here at Armstrong Wolf, we are a Chief Operating Officer Global Advisory Firm. And what this means is that we have two arms of the business. One is we look at the CEO mandate and what you have to do on a day-to-day -day basis, you and your business managers, and some, some of you are not CEOs, some of them, some of you want to be or want are curious about the role of the CEO. And we invite you to some of the forums around <clears throat> the mandate of the CEO. We talk about regulations, obviously, we talk about first lines of business controls, we talk about non-financial risk, innovation technology, ESG, workforce planning, all those wonderful topics. The other side of the business is where you are today. This is all around um, people wanting to uh, come into the business of the chief operating officer or our very established chief operating officers and wanting to um, really take control of your career. With that, we have a tremendous amount of programs around purpose, this big topic of purpose, um, career, ambition, um, looking at how you take, you lean in to be more confident in meetings, how to be more prominent and seen and heard as a female or as a, as a minority, or also as a man who literally is just looking to, to progress in, um, in the chief operating officer <clears throat> role. So that's a really big role. The past two to three years has been a, a real testimony of your resilience and what we do is support you. We support you every day. Um, so it's really, really important that when you come to these meetings, you try and be as present as possible. We give you some fantastic speakers on a regular basis, and they, these people are committed to your success. And therefore, please, if you can, uh, contribute to the chat or voice your questions. You are more than welcome to do so because it is your community just as much. Um, I am absolutely delighted to present and introduce you to a wonderful lady, Jean Balfour, uh, you're going to introduce yourself, obviously, but Jean is, um, is based in Singapore. We have quite a lot of people on this call who are in uh, Asia, just as much as in um, Europe, predominantly in London today. And um, Jean is uh, an, an accomplished um, coach and is here to support you, particularly on this, on, on this topic, as we are going towards the end of the year. We were talking about this just earlier about how time is flying. And then soon you'll be in your performance reviews and, and we just want you to be as equipped as possible. So here it is, over to you, Jean, you're in for a treat, over to you. Great, thanks, Gwen. Thanks everyone. And I'm, I'm hoping Gwen will let me know if there's any problems with sound or anything like that. So um, welcome, it's really good to be here with you today. I am um, always energized by working on programs to do with supporting women. I ran my first women's assertiveness program over 30 years ago now. So that'll A, tell you something about my age and B, tell you something about how important it is for me that, that we keep working on um, overcoming the challenges in our way and also looking at how we can create a career that's fulfilling for us. Um, Today, we're going to look at these three areas of purpose, career and ambition. There's a lot to cover. So we're going to, I'm going to take you in a way through some headlines, some ideas. I'm really aiming for the session to be very interactive. So I welcome you 
to use the chat a lot, uh, as much as you choose to, either to share something or to ask a question, Gwen's going to keep an eye on the questions. But even just starting, it would be great if those of you who are willing to could just introduce yourself in the chat, maybe where you're located, maybe your role if you choose, but just to um, let you know that the um, the chat is not anonymous, so we can see what you're writing there. So if you prefer, we see who's writing it. So if you prefer not to um, do that. So um, so let me uh, head on into the workshop. Um, so what, what, as I said, what I'm going to talk about today is a bit about uh, our purpose, our career, and ambition, because. I really hold that we are the owners of our career and it's important that we take time to think about our career and to be really intentional about planning it, about creating it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go on a quite brief four-step journey. We're going to start with where have I come from? Um, then we're going to think about where am I now? Then we're going to look into the future a bit. What's my ambition? Perhaps what's my career purpose? And then next steps. So as I've said, this is a pretty meaty amount to cover, but I'd really love for you to interact with me as, as we go through the session. And, uh, and so, so that would be really good. Um, so let me just start by saying a little bit about careers. Um, our careers have seasons. And for me, like a kind of a journey of an iteration, I think that uh, certainly when I was growing up, I grew up with the idea that you would leave school. When I left school, I knew what I was going to do. I was going to teachers college and I was going to be a um, teacher. And that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I think many of you will have gone to university and said, OK, I know what I'm going to do. I want to do that. And then that's going to happen. And of course, Actually, careers are not like that anymore. Our careers are much more messy than they used to be. And we often go into one thing thinking that we're going to do that and we end up doing another thing. The other thing I think about being a chief operating officer is it's very rare for somebody to start a career thinking that's what I want to do. That often emerges out of a journey in your career and discovering that there are things that you really enjoy and that you want to be part of. So that may be that you enjoy being involved in lots of different parts of the business. You, you know, you're really curious about how to help things function well or governance or the different types of things you're involved in. But these things emerge. So it's a season, it's not necessarily tidy. The second thing, as I've said, is that um, it's our career. And it's really important that we own it. So many of you will be in organisations where there are career lines, they'll be talking about succession planning, all of those things. But the truth is that it's still our career and we need to take charge of it, partly so that we're planning that, but also so that we're clear about how and when we negotiate what it is that we're looking for in the organisation. So uh, just first of all, just thanks to... Uh, Rachel, who, sh who shared in the chat a bit, I understand it's difficult for some people to share in the chat because of the organisational constraints. If that's the case and you've got a question as we go through, and please put questions in the chat, please do feel free to put your hand up and, and towards the end we'll see if we can get to those questions. Okay, so 
the way I work with careers with people when I'm coaching individuals or when I'm with a group is actually by starting with looking back. I grew up in New Zealand. I don't know if we have any New Zealanders amongst us in the group today, but in Maori culture in New Zealand, the, uh, the, the idea is that when we look back out over our history, almost standing above it and looking down over it, we see patterns and wisdom that we hold that can help us turn around and walk into the future. And so the starting point for me with any thinking about our career is to look back, is to take a glimpse and a think and a reflect on where we've come from and what's our journey been like in doing that. And the way that I do this, uh, oh, I've been doing this for years, many of you may have seen it, is to do something called a career line exercise. So this is the first of many exercises um, or suggestions for activities that I'm going to share with you today. Uh, this is my career line. I'm not shy about sharing it. I'm not going to go into it in detail. But what you do with a career line is you put the line through the middle that's, that reflects your age and your journey through. And then the left hand axis is about highs and lows. And then you kind of plot different things that happened, starting with career activities, but sometimes some personal things may have impacted you. So, you know, you can see here I've got planes here because I flew from New Zealand to London and then I came back halfway to Singapore. I've put something about my mum here because my mum uh, was very, um, she, she grew up with women obey their husbands when, when I was younger. And then when, she, when I was 15, she had a massive feminist uh, awakening and so she that really influenced me I think and and so all of those things and all careers have these kind of high points and low points and the purpose of this and looking back is to do to do this and then to see as we look back what are the themes what are the things that arise out of this when are we happiest when are we most challenged um, what were the and then what were the kind of components of that that left us happy or challenged and and um i'll just share with you a story i was i was doing uh, something similar with a, a coaching client who at the time was at deutsche bank and when she looked back she said she had a really good career she was a director uh, and she said oh i was really lucky there and i was really lucky there and i was really lucky there and i was like okay so enough luck but you must have done something to have got to this point to be this successful so it's also when you do this to be looking out for the story you're telling yourself about your career and what you've what you've done and what you've contributed one of the things i know about me is that i'm is that i'm hard working and i know that you know so i got here through a lot of hard work so this is a great way of starting your career reflection. And even if you're pretty certain about where you're going in your career, you have a clear trajectory, this can be a great exercise just to help clarify maybe, maybe which organisation you would be happiest in. It can, it can help to uh, engineer that a bit. So as you look back, you might see things like uh, there were points, high points when it was really fun or uh, that you worked with great people or low points maybe and when you look back you see that the low points were because there was a sort of a values clash or something that wasn't going quite right for you and as you look back I think it's good to then when we turn around in a minute and look forward to be thinking about a long game so if I look back and see those patterns maybe where I am now isn't perfect but if I begin to think how do I put those things into my career moving forward then we can look forward into that.
So there's an example, we'll share these slides with you just so that you can do that, but it's pretty straightforward. Just one other encouragement I'd have about this is, uh, is this is a great thing to do with a peer or two peers, uh, a couple of people get, get yourselves together and share each other's career lines because actually you can help each other in a, in a peer coaching situation, see things that you haven't seen before. Okay, so I'm just going to pause here and if, as I said, if anybody's got any questions, please do feel free to <laughs> jump in, pop them in the chat um, or uh, raise your hand. Okay, so then the next stage for me is, is saying, where am I now? So what's going on for me right now in my career? And I love this quote by James Baldwin that says that not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed if it's not faced. So I think it's really good for us to do a kind of uh, clear look at what's working and what's not working, where I am now. And it's good to do this because often this, we're so busy, our lives are so full, many of you will, well, you've all got big jobs, uh, you'll have, many of you will have children, your lives are really packed. And often we don't sit down and think, what's going on for me? What is happening in my job at the moment that's working for me? And, what's and so part of this is about asking this question of how well do I know myself? Am I clear about my strengths? Do I know my values? Do I know what motivates me? And am I clear about the experience I have and maybe in relation to where I'm going? So let's just start by thinking about this. If you think about a time when you were happiest at work, what was it that made you happy? You can think back and remember a time, or maybe it's now, hopefully it's now, when you're happy. What is just one thing about work at the moment that makes you feel that happiness? What about a time when you're feeling angry and you something triggered you maybe to be angry at work? What was it that made you angry? And thanks, Louise has put in there that, that feeling valued helps you to feel happy. Yeah, that's certainly true for me. So I'm seeing some others saying uh, collaborating and feeling equal, feeling busy but not overworked. That's such a nice balance, isn't it, if we can get to that space. Yeah, yeah. Being listened to makes us happy. Yeah. People working with people who are energized. Yeah. So uh, often that's so important to the impact of how um, how happy we are in a role as the people we worked with. But you might also want to think about these kind of other sides. So things that trigger you to complain or things that made you angry or maybe things that when you went an extra mile for someone, somebody's saying making a real impact makes me happy. So what we're wanting to do is to begin to think about our values. What is it that we value? Because when our values are aligned with what's going on for us at work, it, it helps us to feel like we're a bit more in our lane. And actually, we can even do work that's problematic if we feel like we're, for example, as somebody said here, we're feeling valued. And so I might not enjoy this particular part of my job, but I'll do it because I know people value me. I'll do it because it's yeah, Can I just fine. ask everyone to make sure that you're um, on mute? Start. Yeah, yep. people muted, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what we want to do is to try and see where our values are misaligned because 
when we're not feeling happy at work, it may be to do with our values. So if I give you an example, the last time I was in a proper job, uh, I had a, I was working in a situation where there was a lot of, um, let's, let's just say the truth wasn't being told all the time. And integrity is my number one value. I'll tell you the truth and I expect you to tell me the truth in return. And it was, it really caused me such a problem that in the end I had to leave. But the thing is, that job was my perfect job. I was doing what I'm doing now. So it was nothing to do with the work itself that was the problem. It was my values that were causing the problem. And so doing some sort of evaluation of where we are now can, against our values can help us to work out, particularly if we're a bit unsure about our role, is it that we've maybe got a bit of a values clash with our boss, or maybe we've got a values clash with, clash with the leadership style of the organisation, or maybe our team, it may be that our values or the type of work we're doing, the type of clients we're serving, it could be any one of those. So there are many ways that you can do this to think about your values. This is an example of a set of values. You can get these off the internet. And one way that you can work with them is to take them, cut them into little pieces and sort them out and choose the the 10 that you can't live without, and then take that down to the five, and then try and get that down to the three values that you can't live without. So doing some of that can really help you to think about how am I, where are my values and how are they aligned with where I am now and where I'm going. And we've got some examples of values, I think, in the chat. If anybody wants to type in any other values that are really important for you, that would be lovely. There are some other questions that you can do. You can as I said, get to your five top values, and then you can do that assessment. As, as, is there a conflict between my values and the organization? And maybe you can, this is one point where you could start to think about is there a, if there's a misalignment, how could a coach help me with that? Now, there are lots of other tools related to values. This is one many of you will, will have seen. This is sometimes called the wheel of life. Um, this can help us to think about where is my life in relation to, is, is my working life in the relation to the whole of my value set? And this will be different for everyone. So I am a worker. I love my work. I love my career. And so if I'm doing this, my um, career mark is up at about nine because it's such an integral part of me. And I don't have children. The friends and family are important to me. But, but you know, that might be slightly less. For you, uh, that might be higher, or you may be going cycling in Bosnia next week, so your health and fitness may be, may be higher. But this is, this is a way of beginning to say, where do I want to be on these factors and where am I now? And then you can begin to think, how is my career on track in helping me serve that? Yeah, thank you. Someone's saying that the Wheel of Life is so useful yeah, regularly <laughs> cut it out, see if it rolls smoothly. I love that idea. Is it is it an alignment so that it's going to roll along easily? There's other things you can do. You can look at your strengths and really think about and get really clear about what your strengths are. The best tool for this is the Clifton Strengths Finder, and uh, we will share the link with you for this. It's it's about 30 US dollars, I think. And this will help you to identify, if you're not clear, your top strengths, or you may know them already. But really thinking about those and how they play into your career is really important. 
You can also do an energy audit. This is something I do regularly, actually, in, a, in making sure that I'm aligning the type of work I'm doing. So this might be asking the question several times of the day, where is my energy now and what am I doing? So is what I'm doing now energizing me or depleting me? Is it filling my battery or running it dry? And um, and maybe why, you know, maybe that my battery is dry because I haven't slept well enough or, you know, I'm nearly on holiday and I'm desperate. But it may be that actually I, in my role, I've got too much of a certain type of work. So this is another thing that you can do that can just begin to do an audit. All of this is about auditing where you are now to say, am I on track? Another thing you can do actually is look at your current motivation and Daniel Pink in his brilliant book Drive and his brilliant research went back and looked at the motivational theory because really it hadn't been updated for about 50 years and we were all teaching um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs which is still val valued but it's, uh, it's 50 years old. When he looked at the research he's found that when our core needs are met so that's are we earning enough um, do we have water and a roof over our heads in, in many parts of the world at the moment? Can we pay our heating bills? Um, those kinds of things that are important. Once those needs are met, he said these three things came out as being really important to our motivation. The first one is autonomy. So this is how much we direct our work and have accountability. And this, of course, is different in different jobs. If you work in a call center, you expect to have low levels of accountability over what you do, but you might want some accountability over the shift patterns you work, for example. If you are running your own business, as I do, I really accountability is really important, as autonomy is really important to me. And of course, I have full autonomy and accountability over that. Mastery is really curious because this is about our need to learn and that we all want to be learning and improving and getting better at something all the time. And that often when we are beginning to slow down or get a bit, maybe a bit stressed, sometimes that stress can be a symptom of boredom, actually, and not overwork. It can be that we've been in a role too long, we feel we know it, and we're struggling with it actually because it's not stimulating us anymore. But it could also be, you know, mastery of, of needing to go on and do an MBA or something similar. And then the final one is purpose. And in this instance, he's talking about, do I know how what I'm doing connects into the team? Am I making an impact, for example, or do I know how my role slots into the purpose of the organisation and the organisation strategy? So what I do with these, both for myself and for coaching clients, is we do a bit of an audit about where are you on autonomy, mastery and purpose. First of all, where do you want to be? So are you someone for whom autonomy is really important or is it not so important? It'll be different for each of you. The same with mastery and purpose. And then again, say, where are you? And this can be really insightful because this can also begin to give you some clues about hmm, maybe in thinking about my future, actually mastery is really important. So I need to make sure maybe, assuming I'm on a COO role, that I'm going to be in a COO role in a high learning environment, in, a learning, in an environment where I'm going to have to stay on my feet and keep learning things all the time. So, so those are a number of things that you can do to begin to think about where am I now? It's like doing a stock take. 
of course, there's lots of other things that you can do. You can look at your role and what is it, is it that you're enjoying. You can uh, look at your location and saying, you know, am I happy working here, living here? Do we, do we, do I, do we as a family want to move? Those kind of questions are around. So before I go on, I just thought I'd pause and see if anybody's got any questions about where I've got to so far, where we've got to so far, uh, and that they'd like to ask. So again, you can type them in the chat or feel free to just put your hand up briefly. Now we have got a bit of time for this. If anybody's got a question they would like to ask. I'll just wait a minute. We're just just a quick question around the wheel. You know, you were talking about the wheel. Is it something that you recommend we do yearly? Yeah, actually, I was just going to say that, Gwen. I um, I think it's really good to be continually reviewing our career and continually doing a stop take. Firstly, because it changes, you know, different stages of our life. A new coaching client who's, who's come to me recently who's got a new baby and is kind of struggling a bit with why their career feels out of kilter well some of it not all of it will be to do with well your world's just changed and it may need a rethink about where you are in your career um uh, so first of all our our situation changes and it's over seasons of our lives but also our work situation can change and so it may be that um suddenly work has, has taken on a whole lot of uh, there's been a big project that we're working on and so yes it it does it does change i mean my suggestion actually i was going to talk about that later is that is that we have a regular date in the diary to, to look at our career because because we're in charge because it's ours and and i would almost suggest monthly but minimum quarterly and just to do a touch base so yeah keeping it regularly is good uh great and somebody's saying do you find it helpful to share these results with your manager? And is it helpful for these to do these with the with your team and share thoughts? So, um, I mean, first of all, depends on the quality of your relationship with your manager. If you have a good level of trust and honesty, absolutely. You in your career, your manager is is your number one person who's going to help you. And so, if they've got clarity about what it is that you want and where you're headed. And what's good for you it's much easier for them to help craft a career path for you or to to do that with each other um that uh, that's going to work for you and for them and there's there was a really great piece of research that's been done both at city and at uh ubs where they looked at attrition rates for women in organizations they did both of these studies globally and they found the number one reason that women left the organization was because they there were things that they wanted and their manager they hadn't managed to have a robust conversation about that with their line manager uh, really surprising outcomes so my encouragement is yeah make as much of that as you can as long as there's somebody you really trust because if it's somebody if you have a poor relationship with your manager, obviously that might not be so good. Then you need to find a mentor in the organization and have that conversation there. And yeah, great, you know, with your team, use some of these tools with your team. The motivation tool, I've uh, used it myself and I've seen people use it with team members. It's really powerful. It's really good. Yeah. Great. Uh, thank you. Okay, so so let's move on to um, where am I, where am I going? Um, and into the next stage and I and I say here if anywhere because actually there's no um 
there's no obligation in our careers to keep moving. We can decide. I have a coaching client at the moment who's the head of compliance for an organisation. And um, we had a conversation about would he apply for the global role? It's coming up, he's a regional head. He was like, no, I really love being in the regional role. That's for me, thanks. And so, so I think for us, it's okay for us to say I'm, I'm where I am. I don't have to move. But for some of us, we'll be feeling that ambition nudge and we want to move on. So let's think a bit about ambition. This, this lovely statement from Andrew, which I'm going to read. If I wish to be responsible to myself, and I do, I have to pursue my aspirations. In the course of doing myself, I find my, in the course of doing so, I find myself confronted by the necessity to recognize my ambition. And ambition has a grasping tone to it, a mood of, I will do anything to get what I want. But consider another definition of ambition, something that you very much want to do. That is your ambition, and for it to happen, you must choose it, not once, but over and over again. I share this because I believe, and through many conversations I've had, particularly with women, that particularly for women, we've kind of got a bit of a weird relationship with the idea of ambition, because it feels, it can feel a bit like it's grasping. And yet, women are ambitious. In fact, there was one study that was done looking at, at women in Asia, and of course, Asia is many different countries made up of di many different cultures, but, but generally saying that women in Asia are more ambitious than the men in Asia. And so this is a story that we're holding that, that maybe we don't talk about ambition. So maybe it's good for us to find another language. If, if we're uncomfortable with it, you may be fine with it. But certainly for me, it was something that I grew up with. My mother told me, I raised you not to be ambitious because good girls aren't ambitious. And now I wish you were. So I think it's really good for us to think about ambition. And I'd love to... Um, hear what ambition means to you. So if anyone's willing to type into the chat. So when I talk to people about this, some people will say, well, you know, in fact, a, a, um, somebody who reported to me years ago, when I asked her the same question, what are you ambitious for? She said, well, I just want to be the CEO. So I was like, how can I help you? And she did. She got there many about 10 years later, but she achieved it. But for some other people, it might be to leave a legacy or to just be a fantastic leader, not just that's a wonderful thing in itself. But what else? I wonder what ambition means to you. And I guess I would encourage you to think about this question, because if we're clear about this, again, it can help us to think about where are we going and what is it that we might need to do to get there. So, so thank you. I can see some people sharing and, that, and I know this is a vulnerable act to share your ambitions there. So to be a significant and senior female role model and wow, we still need more. I mean, I, I can't believe after 30 years that we're not at parity, but we're not. <laughs> so, so please do that. Yeah. To leave the, the world, the place better people, the place and people better to be impactful, to be your best and give your best, to be the best in my role and to do that until I want to move on to something else. Fantastic, thank you. So can you see that ambition means different things to each of us and keying into our idea of ambition is really important. Yeah, thank you to be a role model in whatever I do. 
And once we've keyed into that, it can again help us with our direction of travel. And it can also help us think about how do we articulate that as we move along. So all of this is talking about how do we move towards our purpose? And there's a lot of talk at the moment about finding your why or your bliss or your dharma. So um, Joseph Campbell, who did a lot of research into um, myth and legend in all societies, said that there's a, there is something within us that's looking to find our bliss, find our kind of ideal expression of ourselves. Uh, the word dharma is a Sanskrit word, which is comes, uh, which is talking about an idea that's found in, in Buddhism, Sikhism, Hinduism, which is really about our purpose or our kind of calling in life. And of course, Simon Sinek, who's talked about find your why for the organization and for individuals. Now, I kind of hold this lightly because I think it can put a lot of pressure on us if we feel like we have to find our purpose or our dharma and we have to do it. And it's a pretty messy act in my experience. You know, there are some people, a friend of mine left university and said, I want to be the head of restructuring in one of the big four. And hey, presto, she did it. But most of us don't know that. And so we have to go on a bit of a journey to find it. For me, I keep coming back to teaching. I think that still that's my purpose, but hmm, I keep asking the question. Yours might be to, to create opportunities for people or to help the organization be as fit and robust as it can be or whatever it is, but whatever it is, it's good for us, I think, to think about this. And what we're going to do now is a, a slightly different exercise. Um, this is a, a sort of guided visualization, if you like, to help you think about your ideal day. Because if we can key into our ideal day, it can help us to think about what is it? What is it that we really want to be doing? What do we feel in our core is right for us? So what I'm going to encourage you to do is to just sit comfortably. Um, some of you will be in open plan offices, so don't need to close your eyes if that feels a bit awkward, but uh, just sit where you are comfortably. And I'm going to take you on a sort of few guided questions. So just maybe breathe into your stomach and just feel yourself getting comfortable. And I'd like you to imagine that you've awoken from a long, deep sleep. And it's January 2024. So it's about 18 months from now. And you get up to go to work and you realize that everything with work is as you wished it could be. It's like a miracle. It feels like you're in the right place, doing the right work for you. You're doing your ideal work and every day you wake up kind of happy to go to it, for most days anyway. As you think about preparing for that day, what sort of clothes do you put on for work? What do you do to prepare for work before you start working? Do you travel to work? And if so, where do you travel? And what is your work environment like 
Are you in an office? Are you working from home? Are you in an open plan? Where are you working and what's that environment like? As you work through the day, you know that you're doing work that energizes you. What is that type of work that you find enjoyable and energizing? What are the types of things you're during, doing during your day? And who are the people you serve? Are you serving customers outside of the organization? Do you have internal clients? Who is it that you're serving? And who do you work with? Who are the types of people who are around you in your work? What are they doing? And as you're working, how is this using your strengths? And how are your values aligned with this work? And how is your work feeding and nourishing you? And how is it feeding and nourishing others? And finally, what's changed from today and what has stayed the same? So I'm, I'm going to start talking again in a minute, but just if anything came up for you there, you might want to just jot it down so you don't forget. Because my experience with this exercise is that often people will get some clarity about what, what it is that they're looking for, what it is that they're wanting from their ideal day. You may, you may find that you want to go back over this and really think about it. Think about this question, what is my ideal day? And my experience of this is that, that getting to my ideal day is a bit like this. So we have this idea that it's going to be a bit of a straight line. But actually, it's not. It's a kind of iterative journey of saying maybe on that quarterly check-in or that annual check-in with ourselves, where am I? How's it going? Am I on track? No, I think I need to tweak that and I need to tweak that. And I'll give you an example. This is my ideal day. And I wrote this about five years ago. And um, so I'm you know, basically saying that if I wake up at home, I had two versions. This is what I'm doing on the left, a mix of clients and writing and creating and inspiration, a mix of face-to-face -face and virtual. I was already working virtually then. And then this idea that I'd like to wake up location independent, working from wherever I am. As I was preparing for this and talking to Gwen, I realized that, nah, I don't really want to be location and independent anymore. I like being at home. And, and that was like, a wow, the new iteration of my ideal day is working from home, actually, or going out to see clients. But I don't really want to be working from Bali on the beach. Maybe it's an age thing. But anyway, there I am. I want to be either in an office with people or in my working environment. So I wonder, again, if anybody's, uh, anything's come up for anyone, you want to type it into the chat, anything that popped up, but I realise that's a very personal thing. So this is a great exercise. You could talk it through again with a friend. 
So where's you going? Energy, Jing. Jing, how do you regain energy apart from drinking a smoothie? How do you regain energy, says Tai? Yeah, so, um, well, that will be a very personal thing for different people. So for me, even though I'm a big extrovert, actually, I might regain energy by going and reading an inspiring book. Reading is a really fundamentally important thing for me. It might be talking to a friend. It might be doing some exercise. It might be taking time away from your desk. Um, it's, it's a really personal thing. It might be when we talked about values before, it might be that you've been doing too much stuff that's draining you. And so you need to do something that you know you feel inspired or energized by. So if you're a leader, for example, and you've been mired in spreadsheets and you enjoy leading, take one of your team for coffee and have a you know performance, not a performance, a sort of casual career conversation with a touch base with them. So think about what is it that you most enjoy or what is it that in your life energizes you and, and that will help you. Um, yeah, so, so Rachel's saying these types of sessions are energizing. Yeah, so for some of us, it's learning. It's kind of taking that personal time to reflect on us. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as you're going on this journey, things will emerge. You may be thinking, look, I'm, I get clearer about I know what I want. I want to be global chief operating officer or I want to be head of risk or whatever it is that you're choosing. Um, and that will be clear. For many of us, it's not that clear, actually. We need to keep playing with it. So one way that you can play with it is to write down the five keywords, maybe the five key things that you want. Maybe that one of them is a value, a couple is a strength, maybe it's experience, maybe it's location. You can have 10 words if you like, but just write them down separately and begin to think, how could I express these in my career? And or is there a is there a job that fits these or do these, you know, do these fit better with another organization? So basically, what are the kind of core components of what I'm looking for? Because I don't, I'm not quite clear. So you begin to play with that, you put them together. Um, or it may be that you do know what you want, like my friend who wanted to work in restructuring. So then you say, okay, this is my destination. This is where I'm headed. And I'm gonna describe that in rich detail. When I get there, this is what it will be like. I'll feel this, I'll be working with these people. And so that can be really clear. And then you might actually, as you do this, think, wow, I'm pretty close to where I am now. There are just some changes, some more changes, or maybe a bit of a bigger change that I need to make to, to do this. Maybe it's time for me to move sideways into a slightly different role in the same organization to give me a bit of a stretch, or maybe I just renegotiate re some of my role with my boss and actually I'll be pretty happy with that. So you're beginning to kind of think about how do I get clearer about what is it that I'm doing and where I'm going. Um, and yes, thanks again, I can see some ideas. Taking 10 minutes to look out of the window, that can be great. Uh, I want to always be able to see clouds, that helps. Um, somebody's asking, how do you deal with cost pressure? Um, well, yeah, I mean, this is this is a whole big thing. In fact, I did a podcast on my podcast this week about quiet quitting, uh, because I think jobs are getting bigger and costs are getting less. So I think in those cases, we have to make sure that it's even more important that our career plan is robust and we're planning for it, because actually we don't know what's going to happen and maybe something will happen in our job and we may need to rejig it, we may need to rejig ourselves. For me, 
having a robust career plan is a key part of handling that actually i mean that's a, there's a massive question there but that's my kind of initial response you're still struggling here's a few and not quite sure where you're headed here's a few other exercises that i really loved this uh, this one many of you will have seen you know if you do something for 10,000 hours you become competent in it but uh, somebody i follow a lot called martha beck said do the opposite. Think about things you've already done for 10,000 hours. Now, of course, if you're 25, that will be fewer things. So you might want to reduce the number down to 5,000. I'm old, so I've got fewer of those. And I'll tell you a laugh that when I looked at this, the first one I put down was I've played computer games because I may do this job, but actually I also really love computer games. But you can look at these and, and you know, for me, when I look at it, I know that actually the thing I've done most in my life is read and practice personal growth and taught it. And that's right at the heart of what I want to do. But you may find that there are things, things when you think about, you know, when I've, when I'm left to my own devices, what is it I do? Uh, you may absolutely love uh, data and digging around data as a client of mine did and she's now got a very senior data role at JP Morgan because she just began to think wow I did that a lot I love it and then off she went um, another thing you can do is you can write your retirement speech and imagine yourself receiving the grand clock or the gold watch as you retire what is it that people are saying about you and what would you like to say about yourself as you look back over your career what would it be that you've done or another thing you can think about when you were a child what did you dream about doing or what you know what types of games did you play needless to say i was teaching um or when you're in your teens teens or 20s you know maybe you were on a career path that you felt was a bit chosen for you many of us that happens by our families. But what did you wish you did? Or what did you wish you studied? So I didn't do psychology. I always regretted it. And now, of course, I'm deeply living in, in types of psychology with the coach training we do. So I referred to Joseph Campbell earlier. He said, find your life's true passion and follow it. Now, it's easier said than done, but it is worth seeing if you can go on a journey to get really clear about where at work am I happiest and how can I really align myself with that? So I'm aware that we've got uh, really only about five minutes left. So first of all, please put any questions you have into the chat and let me just share with you the last few thoughts. So there's something called the Ikigai. Many of you will have seen this. It's a Japanese word that really is about having a reason for living. And there's many books available on this, but I thought I'd just share it with you and say, this is a great tool if you're really having a big career thing. So this is where you're thinking, hmm, I wonder if I'm in the right profession altogether. And you can go back and say, what is it that you love? What does the world need? What are you good at? And what can you be paid for? And the reason I love this model is because it's deeply pragmatic. So this isn't saying I'm going to go off and do this. Uh, in my podcast, I have a lovely conversation with Joanna Miller, who was the uh, regional HR director for American Express. And what she loved was to be a painter. And she's now uh, earning a living painting. So she really did take that to the extreme. Uh, she really took it on a journey. But I've also done this with people who say, yeah, you know what I love? I love leading and I really want to 
I really want to express myself through leadership and I believe the world needs good leaders. So, um, so whatever it is, but these questions can really also help you. And uh, you can see I've put some more detailed questions in the slides to help you to think about that. Like, you know, like the question, what did you love when you were doing when you were a child? So then you've looked back, you've looked at the present, you've looked into the future a little bit, begun to do that, and then what do you do? Well, you need to start doing some research, look at what's possible, um, there's some planning, good old planning, taking actions, even if it's a tiny step, and um, then you need to take some risks maybe, go and chat to people about your ideas, say, yeah, I really feel like I've decided actually I'm going to be the global COO, I'm headed in that direction. And then relationships matter. So, so you need to really build relationships with people who are going to help that happen. We don't have time to talk about all that today, but uh, I've had been privileged enough to have a couple of very close uh, friends who were, we were kind of career buddies and we've gone along with each other's careers over many years and that's been uh, more than I can tell you, important to me. So have a have, find some people to go with you on the journey. And then just as we come to an end, I just say this is an example of a career plan that came out of a work, a series of workshops I ran following this program, following this pathway uh, of somebody who's who came out the end of it and said my my ambition is to be the global CTO of one of the big tech brands, and she's well on her way. So she wrote this. I think about 12 years ago now, and she's she's Singaporean. Um, she's, I can't say much because I don't want to give away her, um, her, conf her confidentiality, but she did a, this is a plan, I know she's changed it and checked it, but um, she basically did that work. She really got clear about it and then she worked out what she needed to do. She's just uh, moved to their headquarters from Singapore um, in a very senior role, so she's well on track. And, and so I really encourage you, if you're there, see if you can find ways to do that. Do the research, as I've said, think about the roles you want, think about who's in those roles, who can you talk to, how do you get there? So really dig into that as you can. And then I really want to finish with something I've said earlier, which is book a date with yourself regularly, buy yourself a coffee and uh, take your a journal or a notebook, take your career plan, write it down and just do a stock take. So do regular stock takes so that you can make sure that you're on track. So this is coming to the end. It's time, as I said, um, a lot of questions. I can see people saying, yeah, we've gone over a lot today, but there will be an opportunity, uh, as Gwen said, to, to review the slides, but also to think about it in your own time. But if anybody's got any um, questions, that please feel free to do that. And also it'd be lovely to see what are you going to do after this is your first step to take yourself on to the next stage of your career. There's many books about careers, a couple of different examples. The Career Coach One is a very practical career coaching book, and we will share the link. The Great Work of Your Life is a much more um, philosophical book. Oops, sorry. Uh, about um following the story from the Bhagavad Gita, I can't say that, uh, and the story um, of Arjuna. And it's a, an amazing story about people exploring their dharma. And Stephen Cope tells stories of 
um, people who are ordinary like you and I, and then also people whose names you will know, very famous people, thinking about their true calling. It's a beautiful book. Um, great. So I'm going to stop sharing and say thank you very much for joining us today. And um, yeah, please, please feel free uh, to ask any questions if you have any. Um, I could listen to you all day, Jean. Um, <laughs> what I want to do next is go in my trees behind me and go and take a really deep, big breath. Um, so it's only Monday. <laughs> and uh, I think it was just an amazing session to just uh, recenter, I think. Um, just just taking an hour, just listening to you and just thinking, what am I doing? Where am I going? Um, and that's really, really important. I also would like to stress around the, 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 the topic of ambition. It's really interesting. I'm a more, we can talk more about this, but particularly as minorities or women and, and all this kind, all, all this group of people in the world of banking with ambition, when you are a female, you don't want to be sounding too ambitious, but actually at the same time you do. There's still so much to talk about around how to communicate your ambition. Yeah. Um, so thank you ever so much, Jean, for your time. Thank you so much for all of you for putting, for, for really uh, getting involved with the chat. It's so, so important because like I said at the beginning, it is your community. It is all about you and what you want. So uh, obviously I will be sending you uh, the, the slides because I do feel like some of you that it's important that we go through them again because we all, we all learn and, and assimilate information at a different pace. Um, so appreciate that you take you took 60 minutes out of your very busy week to think about yourself. Thank you very much. I'll send you all the information you need within the next day or so. Thank you. Thank you, Jean. Brilliant. Thank you, soon. everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you have two more minutes, Jean, I just uh, want to stay with so, you in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been standing still. <laughs> uh, oh, you stand. Oh, you are. Uh, yeah, no, I, I much prefer teaching standing up because it's. Uh, but you know, then I find myself. I've been stock still. I can't move my knees. I mean, Jean, you're just, you're amazing. What an amazing session that was. It was so different. And at the same time, you're actually quite, you're captivating. And, yeah, and it's really, really nice to hear some, to hear content delivered in this way. Um, I mean, you can tell from the comments. Mm, yeah, that people, I, I, I quite, uh, I'm just going to make sure that I'm, I'm gonna take hang on, I just want to talk to you freely without having people on the line. Um, Holly, if you don't mind. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Oh, that's better. Sitting down. <laughs> Thank you.
I am making sure people are moved. <laughs> I think it's just us. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, you just want to try. You really do want to take a deep breath and start. Okay. I need to really check in with myself now. <laughs> uh, there's. Uh, I noticed there's somebody there. I'm just looking at my LinkedIn. Amrita Anand. I know her. So I'm just going to see. Who? Sorry. Amrita Anand. Um. So clearly we uh, have tried. Um, Oh, maybe, yeah, no, she's, uh, she's a standard charter, I think. I mean, you have some amazing comments in there. It's wonderful. It was, you know, it, this has been wonderful. This has been energizing. Lots of ideas to inspire, made me think <laughs> about myself. Thank you for running it, reminding us how, how important it is to focus on your own goals and ambitions. We don't actually get that many, um, usually. I mean, usually people are very successful, but not necessarily really looking at. Uh, I think in the world of banking, it's very difficult to actually show emotions. And yes. I think that's what you triggered. You triggered emotions where we are kind of all feeling like we are cogs and just, you know, person that does the job and then don't really need to have an emotional kind of self to work. And this session is a reminder that we are actually all people. <laughs> it is interesting because I think when, as I've, um, if I'd done this 15 years ago, I would have complied with that more, the, the analytical stuff. But now I'm, I'm just um, unapologetic. I, I talk to people about emotions and banking all the time now because I think, it, of course, it's, everybody's ruled by them. <laughs> No decisions are objective um, and we need to talk about it more. So now I don't care because I don't really care if they hire me or not. And so I just do. How amazing to not care. I mean, it comes with maturity as well and life experience, right? But I just think it's amazing that you are unapologetic and actually but you're doing, you're doing this really diplomatically. Um, so congratulations, because I think it was it was an amazing session. Um, I personally learned a lot as well. You know, I'm on a journey myself. Um, mm. And it's very interesting to to see the kind of comments that we got there because even the fact that you've done a, a few moments, you've given us a few moments to meditate. And I was looking at people's faces of the ones who were on video and actually they were actively doing it, which is so, for me, like, so wonderful to see because normally people are doing millions of other things at the same time. They don't really listen. They were here. They were literally listening to you. We just, I think it's, um, it's unbelievable how different these kind of sessions make a difference to your life because mm -hmm. then it's not all about churning content. It's actually about turning, turning the, the responsibility a lot more on them to focus on their own health because ultimately yeah. that's what it's about that's what it's about it but it, i mean it did help a lot that there were some people who engaged so um yeah engaged because sense. your content was engaging yeah. it's interesting i mean i loved it so thank you so much you made me Sure. <laughs> I'm really happy to go on so what i'm gonna do i mean clearly people have been asking for the recording 
Um, so we'll do the recording and then obviously send the slides. You're happy for me to send the slides? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then, yes, to look at, obviously, I will push people to talk to you more and uh, hopefully you'll get uh, some inquiries, which is the most important thing. If you do get inquiries direct, please let me know, because like no, I said, I'll manage that all for yeah. you. Um, but it will be, I hope you do. I hope you do. Um, because yeah. it's well, um, no, somebody's already invited me to connect Rachel Scandling. Oh, so she's the one who's. Oh, yeah. Rachel is fabulous. So, yes. Yeah, so she's, um, she's, that's, this is, she's the lady who's going cycling. I mean, good for her. Um, but yes, yeah, we have a lot of people in common. Is she gay? Is she gay? I have no idea. She is. I'll tell you that now because all our people in common are my gay network in London. <laughs> okay. Well, something else. It's hilarious. So she's like, okay, yeah. Claire and I were on this committee together. Catherine, uh, yeah. Well, okay. she may not be gay, but she's done a lot of diversity work. She's in a circle of people that I know. So yeah. And there we go. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I didn't know. So thank you so much. And um, yeah. what we'll do. Um, is that we, we need to think about the next steps as in like do you want to come and talk to us again um I think well i'm doing the confidence workshop in um when is that end of the year november yeah, yeah so um and then then really look at what i think we, we also need to think about 2023 what does 2023 look like so i've been invited to come to singapore whenever singapore opens up properly um and i i just think 2023 is where where we'll we'll do that um interestingly we it's not interestingly now i know that it was a school holiday we didn't have as many people from asia as i thought um and i really think we need to do an asia specific forum mm -hmm. um Maybe. because you did really well at uh, at putting um um uh, plugging the apac community in your speech and thank you for that um, but I think we need to do an APAC specific. So we need to start with looking at the topics that are very prominent in your region, I believe, particularly when women are so uh, ambitious, mm. um, but yet don't have that many positions of leadership. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is different in different countries. So, yeah. So, you know, yesterday I was looking at, I don't know if you have Netflix where you are, but um, History 101 on Netflix. No, I, don't, I haven't seen it. We've got Netflix. Yeah. Right. So history 101, I was, it's literally lots of little 20 minutes um, of history um, and uh, not back in the Middle Ages, but literally the last 30 years or so, which is crazy. And then there's one big around feminism, one about China. Um, I mean, lots and lots and lots. And I was watching, I was watching these two last night, preparing for today. And, uh, and, uh, it's been very, very interesting. I just, just think it's um it's worth it's worth watching actually mm -hmm. if you are. Yeah, history one on one. Um so yeah, it's just thinking about the big world the big world that we are in and uh look thinking slightly thinking differently because we have to think differently now in a in a global world. We have to. But yet we are still in our homes and actually there's so <laughs> much going on out there out there. There's so much going on out there. We're gonna get a new prime minister today here in the UK. So that's gonna change the game. Yes. So, yeah. uh, yes, plenty going on. So uh yeah, I just think your session has been extremely um revitalizing. Mm, good. Well that's a nice way to start the week then. It yeah. is indeed. So thank you and then uh, see how it goes, really. Yeah. We'll stay connected. Well we'll speak we're doing the thing with Katie in a few weeks as well. So. Yes, yes, we need to talk about that because um 
Katie's an interesting character. I've only seen her once, but that day was just so funny. She was wearing a bikini and uh, it was just, I was like, I'm sure Katie's- We've been talking in the coaching program. Don't do we need a ground rule about the fact that you need to show up fully dressed? I know. You certainly Why would I have it? to write that ground rule for professional coaches? But it appears I do. Because people show up. It was so funny. No shirt on, woman breastfeeding. You know, yeah, she had a wet bikini, let's say, and uh, it was just so funny. I was like, I don't think, I mean, I I think she was not having a really good day. Um, But I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure she wants, I want her just on her own. So yeah, we do need to think about presentation and what we're going to do. But yes, we've got a call anyway. So anyway, I just wanted to thank you once more and have a lovely evening. And uh, I'm hoping this has landed really well. Good. All right. Have a good weekend. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.